دانش برا. What's going on, everyone? It is I, your host of Give Me Back Your Horror Movies, Nate. And with me, as always, is Charlie. Say hello, Charlie. I am here. And once in a while, he comes around. Pete. <laughs> good good morning, all. <laughs> good morning, everyone. A Saturday yes. morning recording. I'm still in my pajamas. Pete, I don't know how we get out of them. Pete said we weren't supposed to be wearing pants, so... Yeah, uh, I went with no underwear. How about that? Ooh, Ooh even better. Commando. I am Which isn't the action man. part of the podcast, though, Pete. <laughs> There's a lot of action going on down there right now. Somehow, every episode, I'm bringing Commando into the conversation. Thanks, Pete, <laughs> oh, for that. We'll just keep yeah. saving me a lot of work. Honor I'm, Pete. I'm here for you. <laughs> oh. Pete, I gotta apologize to you real quick. Oh. We did Friday the 13th Part 7, and we didn't have you, and after <laughs> listening to the episode, I regret it. <laughs> that That is a genuine pleasure. I, I think 7 is a hoot. That's yes. a good. That's a good time. I would have loved it's to have not, had you on it. It's not a good movie, but oh boy, is it fun. No. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's Charlie's bottom Jason movie, if you didn't listen to the episode yet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I listened to it. It's, okay. it's not high on my Jason movie list, but... It's still a whole lot of fun. It's probably somewhere in the middle for me. I'm still upset that Friday the 14th, or Saturday the 14th, my bad, um, they had Tina, the the actress that plays Tina, Lar Park Lincoln, here in Columbus. She was doing a screen with the movie. Oh, was she? Yep, I couldn't go. I totally missed that. Where, <laughs> where were they doing that? Uh, the Grandview Theater. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, nice. it was at Studio 35, I believe. So yeah, Studio Thirty Five. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. they they've been doing they've been knocking things yeah, out of the, the park. They, they do a lot of yeah. those like cult. Fantastic job. Yeah. yeah. When I was in college, that was a dump, and it was wonderful, but it was a dump, and it was on the bus line, so you could go get some cheap beers and cheap movies. You could smoke your cigarettes in the <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> you remember the days of smoking inside? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! Remember when you go to a restaurant? I, to I just aged myself. I think. <laughs> But yeah, they've the, the new owners have gone in there and they've they've ripped everything out. They've put a beautiful bar. Uh they've got something like what, Nate, 20, 30 taps now. Yeah, and they'll even do like uh special pint glasses that mm-hmm. you can buy for different movies. Yeah, they they do it they do it really well. And they, they have a pinball machine. Show. At least yeah. last time I was here, they oh, had a pinball machine. Pete's all in then. You know, I pinball. Totally in. Both feet. I still need to do a pin state that we Pete, can play Pete's like, I can smell it. Somewhere there is a pinball machine <laughs> beckoning. Have a new one. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. What are we doing today, fellas? Oh, oh Nate. So, so I picked my favorite Hellraiser movie. <laughs> okay. Out of the there three that ones. I consider. <laughs> only three? Yeah, I'm only going to go to like three are probably worth anything. And now that maybe only two are really worth anything. Yeah, yeah. And now that only one of them I really probably enjoy. (laughs) Oh, come on now. So we're doing Hellbound Hellraiser 2. That's right. I got a drop for it. Welcome to hell. Chuck Norris, Hellbound. 
Wait, 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 wait. Nope, 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 nope. That's got Pro Satan uh, operating system as the bad guy. We're not doing that one. We're not doing that one. That's what I watched. You oh, said we were oh, doing oh, Hellbound. Uh, he's got a point. I, I didn't put the asterisks in there. I didn't let him know the fine print. I got to redo everything now. You got to spell it out for Charlie. I have so much Chuck Norris drops for this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> I feel like we even covered it once, but I was like, well, Nate picked it. So I was like, maybe it's uh Maybe he just redo. wants to do a rerun. Right. Yeah. It's the requel. So we're going to redo everything, everything we've done already up to there. <laughs> yeah. So I decided Hellbound Hellraiser 2 instead of part one, because I enjoy part two way more than part one. Because I don't like the Frank and Julia storyline. Well, I hate to tell you one. this, man. That's in part two as well. I know. Like, <laughs> there's something about Julia that I just despise. I don't know what it is. But I can't stand her. <laughs> I think that's the point of her character. Yeah. Maybe it is. But, like, so, I really hate I mean, Frank. I really hate Julia. I hate how much screen time they have in the first one. I like that the <laughs> second one is 10 times more sadistic, but also I kind of don't. So, <laughs> okay. Nate, Nate like jumped right into this and I, I have an answer to all of that. Um, Pinhead was never supposed to be the main protagonist. Well, Correct. no, it was supposed to be that plus storyline that takes over. Yeah. No, it was supposed to be Julia. She, she was, was supposed to be, be the queen of hell. Queen of hell. Yeah. 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 So, they set everything up for her to be the most hated and vile and sadistic character to carry on in the books and the movies and everything. But people went, I really like the dude with all the pins in his face. So Makes sense. he became also, the face of it. I was trying to figure out how to word this without sounding like an asshole. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, I know. Just it's not it. that like the actress is unattractive or anything like that. There's just something about her appearance in the movie that I find not to my liking. And I don't know how to say that without sounding like a dick. <laughs> she has <laughs> she has an uneasy aura about her. Yeah, Claire but again, Higgins I I think it's name. it's specifically done. They they I get what you're saying. She's hard to describe. She she is an attractive woman. She's, you know, there's never a point where she's even like, I don't, you can't say like she's gone full Karen or something, you know, where you're just but like, like, yeah, well, she has this Karen like, that. like aura to her. And like, not once have I ever found myself like lusting over her. Oh, no, no. She, she's very devious. She has a plan yeah. and, and, She's going to get it done, and that's yeah. kind of scary. So I, I don't know, Nate. Strong women, do they do they scare you a little are bit? You, are you scared of strong women, Nate? I don't know. Are we unpacking something right now? <laughs> no, but this I think we should. This therapy uh, time with Nate. I think we should unpack the trailer before we jump too far. That's a good idea. Uh, like, all right, good idea. This. Let's go ahead and hit this trailer. <laughs> Because they have returned. Ah! 
Goodbye. Hellbound. Hellraiser 2. Brace yourself. For terror you have never imagined. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. And horrors you can never escape. And you wanted to know. Now you know. Last year, they brought hell to earth. Now, they'll take you through hell. that guy's voice yeah 100 <laughs> percent man that guy that's the way you sell me trailer on a movie guy trailer guy voice whatever that's it, it's true man he's good <laughs> there's there's like four good trailer guy voice actors out there that you when you hear them you're like oh god i love oh, that yeah. and th- yeah. this is like one of them especially for the horror movies you know it it's just this instant rush of nostalgia whenever i i'm digging for the trailers because they'll like do the original original that's still like grainy and everything and then someone has upped it to hd and cleaned up the audio and i'm just like god i love looking at these old things and then mm-hmm. i find ones that are like i can't play this on podcast it's <laughs> definitely made for television oh no yeah <laughs> uh, but um so nate this is your favorite hellraiser correct definitely because like i said like the first one i'm just not that big of a fan of like let me start out with saying as a kid hellraiser terrified me Mm. i was terrified of pinhead this is one of those few movie franchises that i didn't mess with like i just didn't watch them they scared the crap out of me fair um yeah very fair the chatterer is a horrifying creature you know pinhead is terrifying when i got to meet doug bradley all i said to him was like Hey, you scared the shit out of me in my childhood. And he very calmly took a sip of his Pepsi and said, it was my pleasure. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, man. It was fantastic. Yeah. But um, funny enough, when I revisited the Hellraiser movies, I really only revisit the three of them in my adulthood. Uh, there's something about two that sticks out to me. And a lot of it has to do with that doctor. And the doctor, I don't know what we want to call him, Dr. Death or whatever, just it's so horrific and brutal and gross. Scorpion tail ingrained into his head that carries him around. And like, it's especially fascinating, like, looking back on this. This came out in 88. The first Hellraiser came out in 87. So they fast tracked this sequel. Sure. Yeah. You know, and Clive Barker is still a part. And Mark yeah. was a producer, wasn't he? Yeah, and like Not I think producer he was slash writer. One. Yeah, yeah, like he was still involved with the project, or, or with Hellraiser, I should say. I think until three. I think maybe four is when he completely dropped off. Or something he he washed his three. hands after three. Yeah, he went. Sure. Nope, you guys keep screwing this up. I'm done. I didn't want uh-huh. Pinhead to even have a name. Like this is awful. Um, the funny thing is, the last time I had seen this movie, I had found a VHS copy at one of the local thrift stores here in Columbus. 
and Hannah and I had threw the threw it uh, connected it to the projector and threw that onto the bedroom wall and watched it that way. I do not recommend watching this movie that way because you can't see anything. <laughs> oh, oh no! A no, VHS no, no, no. quality is not good in the first place. You enlarge it onto like a hundred inch screen that is just my bedroom wall makes it worse. But man, was it a lot of fun to like relive that movie like that. But I even thought about like hooking the VHS to the living room TV, and I was like, "Nah, I want to watch this in HD." <laughs> okay, yeah, it's been too no, long. It's, it's it's fair. I feel like this it lend itself to HD pretty much on this. It, it it still had that feel of VHS, but I liked being able to see things when I watched it the other night. Um, yeah, definitely. So, like, what's your guys's fond memory of uh, the spawn of Satan? Pete, won't you go take well, this one first? I. <clears throat> Was a, as a kid, I didn't have cable, but a friend of mine did, and he was a big horror fan, and we would go over there, and we'd watch all the Freddies and Jasons and uh, those kind of fun things, and he had uh, Hellraiser 2, he had recorded it on VHS, and uh, like you, Nate, this is one of the few that was genuinely terrifying to me, I the whole iconography of pleasure and pain as as kind of one and the same, or, or razor thin deviation between one or the other uh and just boy it's a bloody movie <laughs> and as a as a 12 year old kid that's that was that's pretty intense uh to sit through um yeah because like unlike freddie or jason like you're not rooting for those guys but you know they're fun right right and that's Kid that's where i was not headed. fun yeah that's where i was headed like especially the nightmare on elm street movies there's a there's a lot of humor in there. It's those, the one-liners and, and whatnot. Even uh, Child's Play, there's, oh, I won't say humor, but uh, the one-liners do light, uh, lighten up the, the mood. Whereas this is a, we're going to scare the heck out of you. Just, yeah, Pinhead's not going to This is not quip a one-liner at you mm-hmm. before he like rips you apart with hooks. And I love watching these old movies, and sometimes they make me giggle. Even the Friday the 13th ones, sometimes they make me giggle. This did not make me giggle. It's as serious as it can be. It's played straight. It's played for horror, and it's done very, very well. Uh, but yeah, it's there's not a lot of fun in this movie. It's more of an experience and a kind of a test your metal sort of thing uh, to get through it. And I know in these day and age, in this day and age, it's probably not as intense as some of the films out there. I can think of Audition uh, just off the top of my head as one of them. Uh, this is a uh, probably not to that level, but for the time, man, there wasn't much back then as intense as Hellraiser two. Oh, yeah, absolutely definitely. not. Um, I mean, it kind of paved the way for movies like for sure. Audition and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like the most recent exist. one that made me uncomfortable was Titan, that French horror movie that just came out. Well, from what I'm understanding, we all need to watch The Sadness. Oh God! Oh, I, I just I read forgot that came on out that. on Thursday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yep, uh, that will probably watch today. Actually, that I'm hearing is way up there. So, and very hyped for that one. Hellraiser two. Thanks for asking, Nate. I'll tell you how I feel about it. Hey, Charlie, uh, I was supposed to ask you. Know, I, I asked. Did <laughs> you running this show, Nate? Come on. Nah. <laughs> it's fine. Also, I always love just leaving Charlie out of anything. It's fine. <laughs> I'll, I have plenty to do today. I'll just let this go. Uh, I'll insert the drops you later. You hit record and you go, you just walk away. <laughs> later, taters. Um, so, Hellraiser 2, 
is probably I I I want to say my favorite out of the four Hellraiser movies that one should watch. Don't you dare leave out Bloodlines. I <laughs> Who love Who said I was Bloodlines. leaving out Bloodlines? Maybe I was leaving out three. <laughs> Lance Hendrickson? You're leaving out Lance Hendrickson's version? No, no, no you're right. you can't. Honestly, I, I think three was the one that scared me the most as a really? kid. Alec, yeah, I, I can't remember what it was, but there was something on my Nana's like VCR or TV because she was the one that had HBO. I, I just... Even though I have not seen three in quite some time, I remember like mm. one specific scene in my head. It's like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the problem, though, because when I revisit the Hellraiser, I have all of them on DVD, um, even the crappy ones that are Hellraiser in name only. Mm-hmm. And then they threw Doug Bradley in the end. Um, the first one is always burned in my brain. It is probably one of the first like true terrifying gore movies i remember watching because we just covered dead alive gore gore goo goo slapping on the wall everyone's covered it is the goriest gooiest movie ever but it's funny yes but it's funny this is not funny having that man completely shredded with the meat hooks and saying jesus wept yes is terrifying Everything from the use, the, their use of blood is in an in, is in a terrifying way. Like the first one when Frank reappears up out of the floorboards, without his skin, <laughs> to Julia mm-hmm. kissing the skinless Frank. Um, that movie is always burned in my brain. And then number two, oh, and uh, and this is this is the weird thing about number two for me. I can't watch number two without watching the first one first. I didn't this time because I just wanted to talk about number two. But upon watching it again, I realized, damn, they tell you almost the whole story of the first one as much as they can in the second. They tell one. you all the good parts. In part oh, two. you you watch the body you melt part, happen. yeah, uh, which is a lot longer in the first one, and probably one of my favorite like special effects moments in the first one when the body actually melts into the floorboards you know the jawbone falls off everything's just dripping off of him it's and, such a shame yeah clive barker did not like direct more movies <laughs> he you know it's that whole thing with hollywood these guys with great visions you know it's kind of like you know the frank millers and then the um ah uh, hell who was it that did that wrote watchmen and stuff and now he's like i Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Alan Moore has like, I don't ever want to deal with you people ever again. Um, the reincarnation of Rasputin himself. Yeah. Alan Moore is a legendary curmudgeon, though. So, well, yes, he is, true. but I mean, a hermit he, crab that hates everything. Yes. <laughs> but he tried, and then he real also realized how bad, you know, Hollywood is. And well, League, of, that, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen did not help. Uh, no. Hush, I like that movie. Um, I do too. I think it's they're talking fun. about remaking it. Um, I why just to piss off Alan Moore? Is that what probably. Hollywood does? Like they just go, you know what? It's been about five years. Let's piss off the cranky old bearded man. Five years, hell. It's probably been almost fifteen. No, like every years. five years they have oh, to adapt time. something oh. and piss them off. I'm sorry. I, I love that version of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in that movie, and give me Sean Connery and anything, and I'm happy. Um, and the car is amazing. Stop it. We're not doing League, uh, League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen. I can I can actually get into that movie, Quartermain. Um, no, Hell Hellbound Hellbound. That was God so weird. 
This one's not even Hellraiser 2, Hellbound. It's Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Like, they are, we're going to hell. And that's where I feel like this is just a continuation of the first one, which is why I've always watched them in succession. I have to watch one, then I watch two. This one's a lot more visual. I love the fact that they go to hell. And I know this is one of those movies Ben and I watched as kids, and you both are right. It is probably one of the most terrifying of its time movies that actually put dread in me. We want to watch it, but it was for that feeling. No other movie gives you dread feeling until you watch the Hellraisers at that age. And you're just like, holy shit, I'm terrified of death and hell and all this other stuff and the Cenobites. And the Cenobites are on the screen longer. And it's... Yeah, there are definitely scene stillers in this one. I think this is the one where if you haven't seen a Hellraiser movie in forever and you look back on what you remember of Hellraiser, it's this one. Hashtag where's Torch. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the second one. I don't, like, even, I don't, picks up I don't think Chatter is Chatterer's not in the first one, is he? No. I think he just appears. I don't think I think it's just uh actually okay, fun fact. Do you can you guys name the Cenobites in Hellraiser 2. No. Nope. Okay. I didn't look them up. Pinhead, so we have and the other two. We have Pinhead, obviously, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was never supposed to be his name. Right, right. Um, now, fun fact, the female has never been named in the movies, but the fans have named her, and it's Deep Throat because she has the <laughs> wound to her <laughs> yeah, throat. Of course, yeah. of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, Chatterer, obviously. And then the other one that was in the first one, was Butterball? Oh, that was his that actual, actual, oh, that actual name. Because mm-hmm. um, he's very wet, and he like was Frank. supposed to have lines, but the uh, makeup appliances they put on him, he couldn't talk. Oh no! So they just <laughs> the female Cenobite uh, said his Look lines his in the first and second one. Um, so yeah, he could he all he could do was like smile that like greasy smile of his, you know, at the first Ugh. and second one, and he got sunglasses. I don't know. He was always kind of like one of my slight favorite ones. I, I have my bitch about Chatterer in this one. We can get to it later that everyone bitches about that there's actually two Chatterers in this yeah. movie. Yeah, that's really strange. That just kind of like, well, now he's got eyeballs. It, if you don't point it out, you don't really <laughs> notice it. And then, and then I don't know. It was, it it was pointed me, out I, to me. I'm like, oh, hell. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I, I, I hate when that. that happens. You're like, now I can't unsee <laughs> I it. I can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for the reason why they did it, because I want to always be on the side of the, the actors. But it was because he uh, almost got his jaw caught in one of the hooks on the set because he couldn't see. It kind of, I guess it did get stuck, but it could have been he got worse. Fish hooked? Yeah, he literally oh, got oh. fish hooked. Oh. And so he asked him, he goes, I need eyes. So I can see, and they were like, okay, yeah, you almost got hurt, obviously, insurance. They wrote a scene to explain it, and then they went, yeah, we can't afford to do that. So we're just going to give him eyes at the end of the movie (laughs) and make him look like, you know, a werewolf from, uh, you know, Full Eclipse. Now, before we get any further with this, we got three sentences we got to do. Oh, you're right. Three sentence synopsis. We're out of format. Nate, hit it, dude. Jeez, hold on. <laughs> Are you ready? Ready. Unleash your pleasure and pain through desires of hell that raise your arousal. Ew. 
Yeah, it's gross, just like Hellraiser. So gross. (laughs) Also, arousal. Yes, arousal. No, this one's arousal. It's an evil arousal. Evil erect. (laughs) Oh man, I'm still trying to figure out why you pick this one out of the because you get more Cinnabite action. Yeah, but I'm like, we we literally <laughs> like jump from, we kind of went a little easier with the the uh, house and Puppet Master. Then we're like, let's do Gooey, and then I was like, Nate, we need a horror movie, and he goes, let's do Hellbound, Hellraiser two. <laughs> yeah, because you said horror, and I, I was went, like, All right. holy shit, man, that's like <laughs> turning it to eleven after we were just on the easy part of the roller coaster. It's like. Nope, upside yeah. down, twisty this is the turn. Upside down part. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, suffering. The sweet suffering. I have such sights to show you. Oh man. I love that this movie is a perfect continuation of like part one is ended. We're instantly thrusting you into that. I love when like a sequel does that. Well, like, yeah, when this it's is not like five years later or something like that. It's like, nope, we're gonna pick up straight where the action left off. This is kind of like uh, the Halloween 2, Halloween where it two. picks up in the hospital. Yep. The uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 literally two. starts right after. I think the Freddy movies are the only ones that never really took off, like the day after or even a couple yeah, days after. Nah. Um, because it, the, the second one doesn't even have what's-her-face in it. It jumps into the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, and again, that's why... It, it, this one just feels like the second chapter. Like you watch the first movie, you have to watch the second one. You know, even though there is an ending to the first that is it pretty basic. Okay, the box gets closed. The trap. Yeah, but it was a smash hit. It. So they're like, we gotta make a part two, and that's why they quick turn this. So, and like, what's crazy is this was made for only three million dollars, and it made twelve million worldwide. Yeah, it did With what it was a- supposed to do. With a relatively unknown director. Uh, yeah, I mean, and he's still, Tony Randall is the man who directed this. He really never done anything before this. No, and but I highly this, recommend you watch his movie Ticks. If Ticks, you want, okay. if you yeah, want a gross a movie, uh-huh. uh, that guy can do gross, and I really wish he'd have done more. Yeah, because now he does like family movies. <laughs> does he? <laughs> yeah. It, it's like family movies I've never even heard of, he, you know? He, like, He's apologizing to Jesus about what he did in his younger years. He's like, literally, Jesus wept. I uh, get a little I older. went through a phase. <laughs> went through a very dark phase. Had a lot life. of really dark things going on. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, and this was I, written I, by Peter Atkins, who wrote Hellraiser 3. And then he wrote like the Wishmaster movies. Oh, which those are, are cool. That's kind of it. Yeah, those are cool. Andrew Divoff, I always mess up saying his last name. I do eventually want to do the first Wishmaster movie because that's another one that like actually scared me as a kid. Sure. I have a funny story for that one when we do it, and right. I I, can't, I know I've alluded to that before, but I can't say it till we do that movie. Yep, gotta wait. Yep, gotta wait. Um, I mean, this is if you're looking for good classic gore this is the movie to go to. I mean, if someone's like, I want to be scared and I love all the gore. And if you haven't seen Hellraiser, I don't know how the hell you would have not seen this movie. This is the one to jump into. 
hundred percent. Nothing. It's a very wet movie. There's lots very of, very oh, wet movie. Lots of moisture. Lots of drippy. Yeah. Even when uh, I loved it when uh, she Julia came out of the uh, mattress for the first the time. Mattress. She Ugh. not only is she without skin, but as she's looking around, she's dripping. There's chunks of flesh and visceral just dripping off of her. It's wonderful it's it's so good it looks so good and like the bed itself is gross because the bed is just covered in blood it looks like something out of a motel six and like if i ever die on my mattress i don't want to come back like and if i do put me back in my 27 pringle cans yeah it it was this whole thing of it was already an old used mattress by frank and you know, from the first movie. And this is, again, this is just where it carries on. It's like this one starts right with the police investigating what happened at the house, which you I know. love because there's bodies left behind. Like there's, Oh not, God, I love oh, the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. There's gross ass maggots falling out of the eyeballs, but I'm telling you right now, guys, if I'm investigating a house and a corpse falls on me and I got my gun, I'm shooting that corpse as well. <laughs> I you do know, not blame that cop at all. No, no, not at all. I, I know it's it may have just been a continuity error or something in this, but first off, I want to I want to complain about that CSI sucks back in '88 or whatever. Touch everything. It's only two <laughs> cops investigating what's left over. Budget cuts. Well, well he, he they have that that body fall on him and he shoots it, which is funny. And you're also like, wow, really. And then the guy radios in going, okay, we need to get some people over here. We found another one. I'm like, are we forgetting about the one he just found in the basket covered in maggots? Like there's (laughs) two, sir, two more bodies you have overlooked in your rush to get everyone out of the scene of the crime. Nothing to see here. People case, no police tape, nothing. But there's this massive murder and blood and flesh everywhere in that place. And once again, because this is the 80s, and for some reason we just hate people that have mental health issues for whatever god no reason, uh, they're like essentially interrogating Kirsty there and well, thinking that they, she's the one that killed everyone. I don't know if I'd go so far as they're hating on mental case. I think it was... A, she's prime sub uh, suspect. She she, she she was at the scene. Yeah, the boyfriend was the only other one, which is an odd thing. The boyfriend survived the first one and is never brought back up yeah, again he, after this. They beginning. let him go. I think. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, yeah, he's gone. He's like, nope. I've seen uh, enough. I'm moving to Africa. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Uh, <laughs> that was some freaky shit he had to see. Yeah, I'm like, I'm never staying in this state. It was like Butterball was going to like slice his neck open or something. <laughs> yeah, but um, I. so this is the weird thing. You already bring up the mental health aspect of this movie, which I feel like this movie doesn't poke fun at, but they dig into mental health as they, they hell. Do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... I don't think That's it's ever done. Part of why I think the movie's pretty gross too, because it kind of just dispatches these people like it's nothing. It does, <laughs> but it shows the torture they go through, though, which I think is a Clive Barker kind of thing. You know, almost all his movies have something to do with uh, madness or you know things that you know, Lord of Illusions, 
movies like that. It's all about how the mind slowly loses connection to reality, you know, things like that. What do you think, Pete? Well, it that was the one thing that I had a I struggled with uh, through the film was the abuse and uh, they took advantage of the mental patients. Exactly. And, like, and that's why it's so gross. To yeah. Me. They were not in a nice facility. Uh, they were locked away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I don't know exactly what these people were uh, going through, what their diagnoses were. Um, the one guy that was just left all by himself in a straight jacket, boy, uh, and I know eventually he turned out to be the one that was uh, uh, self-harming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would, I hope that facilities these days treat their patients way better, with more respect and, and, and more care than just tossing some guy in a padded cell and throwing a straitjacket on him. And that's like, I would hope that it, things have improved since then. This doctor's quest to open up the box and like see and like him throwing a patient onto that bed with the straight razor and just watching this man skin himself yeah. alive for what feels like an eternity. Oh, that is was, so oh brutal. God, that scene went on so, so rough to watch. And it was, it was very realistic. And that was some yeah, great and makeup you're effects. You're showing wow. like what he is seeing on his body as well. Yeah. And then what's actually happening. Like and that's him, trying, him trying to get away from Julia as she uh, crawls out of the, yeah, the mattress. Like, he's struggling to get away and she's not quite strong enough to, you know, leap after him or whatever. But and it's just a slow chasers. chase. And you're like, Oh God. And the guy's standing behind the, just let it the curtain. It's like, Oh, Oh man, this whole thing is so, so intense and terrifying and sad. Uh, this guy is screaming for his life. And it's it just to that actor oh. for like such a small scene, but putting so much into yeah. that performance, you know? Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It, it was like when truly Julia horrifying. is crawling after him, it's disturbing. So <laughs> it's funny. You guys are immediately going to that one is again, I'm going to go back to Clive Barker's way of opening our eyes and possibly our minds at this is I don't think this is an exploitive movie on mental health. Uh, uh, I think yeah. this is an insight. So also you can look at things like, the guy that gets thrown onto the mattress, you see the bugs on his skin. Cause that's what he sees. He's just trying to get things off of him. They give him the straight razor and he goes to town on himself. Even the part of Julia slowly chasing him is another look at slowly descending into hell or having your demons pull you back or slowly take Ooh, you I over. Like and consume. Yeah. yeah sure. Consume you. So again, it's a very kind of Clive Barker way of explaining the emotion through visual cues and everything. I mean, this movie takes a lot of place in the mental health facility and yeah, we, I hope, I hope things are better, but I'm not hopeful they are because hell, we can't even get retirement homes, right? Right, We can't even get people that can, can do that. And since we're at the at this part of the movie because basically we've rehashed the entire movie up to this point from the first one and now we have to be introduced to this new setting we're not in the house 
we're in the hospital and yeah, then and we're the in the doctors. Kirsty wants to get her father out of hell. Yes, which is very weird, and uh, we'll explain but, that like, later too. That has one of my favorite images in probably all of horror movies is what she believes is her father just completely skinless in the corner of her room with the words and blood, I am in hell, help me. And like him just kind of reaching out. Yeah. That's good horror. That's terrifying. Oh. Mm-hmm. The makeup effects great. Like the visualization of what it is saying, like everything about that's like, that is solid horror. Yeah. And we get the answer to that later on into the movie. Also fun fact that the guy that played all of the skinless bodies that make it look like he is straight up flesh and not like an appliance over top of skin is the guy that was on the mattress trying to cut the bugs off of him oh really he oh, was really he was you see how Skinny, I, he looks emaciated thin. like yes. he's but that's how he is well he was the guy from the first one so that whenever you put the muscle appliances on, it looks like as if you took skin off of me, say, mm-hmm. you know, it would look proportional. That's that gentleman. He's kind of like oh, an nice. early Doug Jones. Yeah, that's what it sounds You know like. what I mean? Um, so one of my biggest issues with the movie, and I understand they kind of had to do it, was just so happened this doctor is studying the the box. Very Which, convenient. Is it the the lamentation that box? Right. box? Yeah. So the lament lament box. I think that, that's what it is. That, there you go. Um, he has all these drawings, all this stuff going on, and I'm like, very convenient. Like Pete just said, it was. It it, it I had to take that leap just to continue into the movie because it does get better once you get past that part. Especially but because the doctor has three. Yeah, uh, yeah. Land so like I thought configuration boxes was like I was real surprised to see those. Like, wow, where did those come from? I had no idea there were more. Well, That's terrifying. Yeah. How many are there? Yeah, and they almost have to answer that later in the movies that there really is only one. So I don't know if maybe they were made to look like it throughout it time. Could be you know, fake ones that he's been trying to get mm-hmm. the real one and just see still that. Is like ah, no, this is another shady one. But he has like all these like sketches and he has all he has which comes in later he has pinhead's uh human form picture of who he yeah, was so he's been like doing like private mm-hmm. investigation yeah detective he's work. done his homework yeah for sure. yes exactly uh, and fun thing about the the fact that we see doug bradley and i couldn't find any info on this so i don't know if this was just a natural continuation but because I know this story, it makes it a little funnier. And this one is the first Hellraiser movie Doug Bradley played, Pinhead, obviously. Um, at the end crew party, after they were done filming, he goes to the the, fi- the like final party. No one knows who the hell he is. No one talks to him. They all kind of ignore him. <laughs> he literally is like walking around and they think he's, he's a like, little sad. Like, uh, oh. uh, PA, yeah. Oh, he'll, he, he has said it in interviews that it really kind of bothered him. He's like, no one knew who I was. I was, unless oh. I had the makeup on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I look at number two as him sad going, pinhead. uh, I need my face in this movie, guys. Sure. I need to let people know what I look like outside of 
the makeup, you know, it's like at least like Robert England, you kind of knew who Robert England was because he had a career before Freddie. But I could imagine, imagine never knowing who Robert England looked like and only in the makeup and then take him out. You'd really have to look for a second and be like, I, I think, I feel like I know you, but I don't know from where. But Doug Bradley, everyone's <laughs> like, hey, man, go get me a coffee. Right. You know, that's exactly how they were treating him in this. But uh, I always found that interesting that we had to get a good picture of Doug Bradley. And I don't know if I'm totally on board for the reason why they do that at the end of the movie. It seems odd to me, but we'll get there when we get there. It feels there. like like at the beginning, or was it the beginning they showed that picture? where? Uh, yeah, it, it was the very beginning where you get to actually see yeah, him. Yeah, right. it's the flash opening felt, the box. To me, that felt tacked on, knowing that this franchise was going towards Julia becoming the queen of hell, and then the fan reaction to, yay, Pinhead, uh, it felt like it was tacked in. It's like, okay, we get yeah. up. Julie's not Julia's not going to be the big bad here. It's going to be Pinhead. Let's throw this in in the beginning of this film yeah. to introduce him as the continuing big bad. And from what I gathered, because I was thinking the same thing, Pete, okay. was right. this movie basically was greenlit before the first one released. Yeah. They, they pretty much went, yeah, we think this is going to take off. So this movie was like, uh, that's why it's like one year later. You yeah. have to think that they have to like be jumping like, Whoa. boom, Even let's then, get into the I'm next. I'm not sure if it's shoehorned in or not, because not to jump ahead too far, but they do kill Pinhead in this. Like he's dead. You know, uh, again, we're, we're going <laughs> to get, we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there towards the end. Um, but yeah as much as i want to talk about it right now and i know we don't we don't we try not to synopsize i'd walk through the no, entire but movie. like i think but i like cool hitting things, all the high points yeah right. after julie like julia has uh came back to yeah they throw her in a white suit which cracks me up because it's just like ah you're more gross now because you're all bloody with all the white turning <laughs> oh. blood and Bleach the bandage scene suit. where they're wrapping oh. her like a mummy the detail that the special effects yeah. team did with the right. muscles and the oh but why so did gross. they put her in the white suit when the very next scene gross? is bandaging her? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to put some clothes on you. Yeah, you're indecent. Oh, right, right. It I, was I can so... see all your goodie bits. Well, the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madam yeah, Hell, ew. we need to get you a little, <laughs> a little more decent. Is that what D-skin nipples look like? Uh, I'm, still, I, sure. I'm unsure. Um, uh, I'm sure there are some anatomically correct pictures out there that would certainly show you exactly what that yeah i will not be googling that I, yeah let's too. not do that though <laughs> i'm already on the list guys i'll, I'll google it right that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you google how do you defuse uh c4 mm. um but anyway <laughs> no it, it, a lot of it is you can tell where they're just trying to, to get a good scene another thing that always kind of just irritated me but i was okay with it is julia is basically female frank in this movie sure, sure. yeah she i mean like, she's the one that's taking over that role and she has a human buffet that she devours on uh, she God. even uses 
some of the same. I mean, she does it even later whenever she faces off with Frank, but she's even saying stuff he was saying in the first movie. You know, the very. Oh, I think it's because Frank betrayed her in the first one. So yeah. in this one, she's like, I'm not going to, you know, no, let anyone walk over me. But it's very similar to what they do in it. And I, I guess it works. Also, it's like, you'd think if there was this big loophole to get out of hell, someone down there would have figured out that, oh, yeah, maybe we should figure out how to not let people reincarnate through their blood. <laughs> because that's what, I mean, the whole first movie was Christy goes, oh, you guys can't have me when she unlocks the Cenobites. I can give you Frank, though, because he escaped. Like, oh, okay, because even Pinhead references that again in this movie going, no more deals, no more, you know, anything You better like not that. trick me again. Yeah. me once. Exactly. <laughs> All right. You got one up on me. I'll give you that. Usually I'm not one that gets tricked. I am Pinhead after all. But oh, this teenage girl, ooh, you're so devious. You scamp you. <laughs> and he, do, he like does it a couple. Like I have to feel like the other Cenobites are always like, Jesus, man, just can we just kill people? Because when they go on to the little girl that's that's mute that does the puzzles, he's like, no. Not this one. <laughs> yeah. And they show the female looking like, what the shit, dude? Come on. Dude, we are literally supposed, supposed to, to kill people. Pleasure and pain. That you're not letting us do either. We just show up. We look like we're in the Matrix. Are we cool in the Matrix? I don't know. <laughs> we're pre-Matrix. <laughs> yeah, those are the yeah, but in the uh, Matrix, that means Hellraiser exists, which means when you're not well, when you are in the Matrix and you dress up like that, then you look like a Cenobite. You see where I'm going here? No. Nope, no, not no. even a little bit, Oh, Nate. okay. <laughs> that's all right. They're not Nate, all winners, Nate. Nate hasn't had coffee this morning, so I don't Everything's know Everything's a simulation, guys. <laughs> this podcast isn't real. Eh, really not. Not at all. <laughs> We're batteries to the machine, man. <laughs> Nate's a copper top. No, uh, so I guess we should introduce the the young girl in this that is, I still don't understand why, why we needed her. Oh, it's because she's really she's, good at solving puzzles. I guess, like, that's what the doc, the doctor saw she had. And I, I think that's what it is. It's the fact that the doctor saw she was really good at puzzles and went, ah, if I get the uh, laminate configuration, you will be able to open it up for me. I will then use you to get into the gateway of hell. That's kind of what they do. But we keep getting this flashback to when she was first introduced or brought in. And then the they never fulfill the thing with her mom. It kept irritating the shit out of me. The, you would get a scene of her mom talking and then this black glove cover her mouth and you hear scream did the doctor kill the mom to keep the daughter but the mom brought the daughter there as the movie goes on the story definitely goes off the rails where it is very much like what's actually happening yeah no there's no no payoff for that that scene there is not i it had to be on the cutting room floor it something got skipped or that's that's my thought um and there's I tried looking for like other ever. I kept reading people talk about this surgeon scene in the movie. Well, I found it on YouTube and I'm like, 
it it's it's nothing it's not even it's pinhead dressed as a surgeon and then he chases the girls back through the hospital it's whenever they that's weird they come back they they go to hell then they go through the door and then all of a sudden they're back in the mental institute but it's still technically hell they run into pinhead and the female cenobite and they're dressed in surgeon garb then there's literally they flash up on screen missing uh track or film then it cuts again so i'm guessing special effect Mm -hmm. stuff was never done but i'm watching this going i because everyone was talking about they're like they're supposed to be like this big uh, 4k redo of this movie and everyone's like oh i hope they add the uh surgeon scene put the surgeon scene back in and i'm like there's there's nothing there like why don't even bother with it. It's, I don't know. In my head, though, now I picture Pinhead with like a clipboard, a lab coat. Uh, it's kind of how it felt. A little flashbulb. I'm not like going to lie. Flashlight on his head. He had, it was, it was like. No, he still had, has all his pins. He's not a minor. He, he had, sur- <laughs> he had a, sur- the he had the gown on. And he. <laughs> Old timey prospect Pinhead. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But he had he had on a surgical mask because when he when they come around the corner they look like they're in their human forms. How's the which mask is... going to work with the pins? No, listen, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Nate, <laughs> let me get there, son. Um, but they come around and they look like they're human, which totally negates the end of the movie. Oh, so I'm wondering if that's one reason they cut it. Then it cuts back to Christy and Tiffany. Then it says, seam cut. And then it cuts to just Pinhead's head, but he's still wearing the surgeon gown. He's not wearing the black outfit, you know, S&M looking thing. And then they chase him around, and then we get one extra scene of Chatter- Chatterer uh, chasing him in the uh, elevator. And that's it. And I'm just, I'm just like, this doesn't add anything. This actually confuses me more. Uh, so I'm really <laughs> thinking there was some stuff that they wanted to do and just didn't do it. And that's why we don't get answers of where the where the girl, what her whole backstory is. And I, I'm going to go, I think Nate probably is right. She had this knack of doing puzzles. And it's kind of this, um, on the spectrum is what you're supposed to feel yeah. for her, you know, I don't want to say like full autism or something, oh, but she very might have Asperger's. Though. She might Asperger's. Yeah. It was one of those type of spectrum things. But even then, they throw that out the window at the end of the movie because when she starts talking again. She's yeah. talking and Whatever is coherent. Traumatized her with her mother. Now, I do think too, the doctor is such a coward that he himself doesn't want to open the box because he knows that he'll instantly get killed, I or think. he doesn't know how. Could be. That's that's what that was my understanding. It's that's what I took it as. Figure how. out the box, which is why he needed uh, the girl to open it for him. Which even every time I watch these movies, I'm still like, how the hell do you actually open this thing? <laughs> because yeah. they rub their thumb <laughs> over the circle, but nothing moves. I'm like, is it like a genie? Do I think it's always just things? pure accident. And they're like, oh, I made it do a thing. Yeah, it's like a Rubik's Cube. I, I can't solve that. Yeah, for shit. So uh, it's an accident if I get one side together. <laughs> I got one 
The worst part's when you get like two sides. You're like, how the now hell did I do that? Now what? Because <laughs> if I move anything, <laughs> I was I was a sticker kid. I'd pull the stickers off and put them on the right. Yeah, thing. That's... I thought you were gonna say you ate the stickers. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, Nate, I didn't eat paint chips like you did. <laughs> hey, chips are chips. <laughs> chips are chips. <laughs> Oh my God! What are we doing? Uh, well, just question. like the doctor, we're gonna use Julia to get us into hell by punching Kirsty, or they kind of just like leave her knocked out in the buffet of human bodies. Yeah, that was weird, right? Like the at the attic scene. Pete, Pete's looking oh, confused. Okay, yeah. right, right, the right. Human buffet. You have a bunch of human bodies hanging by hooks. Which is gross. Julia has been devouring to get skin back. She <laughs> did anyone else have flashbacks? Did anyone else have flashbacks to the mummy movie where Imatep would get one jar and he would take a certain piece of someone and that's that would give him back like part of his face? Sure. Because she's like eating twenty people and she still wasn't complete. She still needed no, a, she a, a her spine piece out. of back <laughs> that she had to eat the, the other doctor. And I do love pressing her hand into the backs of oh, their skulls. Ugh. That effect is so awesome. Oh, but it's great. It's also <laughs> gr- Look, I'm going to say this now. We didn't, I didn't get a chance to say this earlier, but these two watching the movie this week, all I kept getting in the messenger was, Ew! Ooh, this movie is so gross. Ew! <laughs> and I was like, "Well, yeah, it's Hellraiser." I'm like, "What did?" I'm, I'm sitting there going, "What? What did you guys expect?" You know, I, it's but probably been 25 in a couple years. years. I had forgotten how <laughs> gross it is. Gosh. And that's the oh. thing. Like when I posted in the group, everyone's like, "Oh, you guys doing like Hannibal Holocaust or like uh, Basket Case Society?" Basket which case. I've thrown out that we should do. And he, oh, I was laughing at that, going, "Wow, it's none of those." And these yeah, guys was, have. We are cowards. We are weak. <laughs> we are weak. Small have, men. <laughs> I think though, this is gross in a different kind of way. <laughs> it's it's hellish gross. I mean, that's you know every 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 gore scene has a purpose to the movie, and it's to inflict dread. Or to it's it's true horror as far as I'm concerned. Sure. I mean, Clive no, Clive Barker is a master of horror, you know, to horrify, and that's what this does. I mean, but also, it's 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 movie, it's Hollywood, and it's probably one of the things Clive Barker started seeing was Kirsty or Christie. I can't I forget Kirstie. which Kirsty. She walks right into that. First. She walks right into that room with all the bodies hanging, completely unbothered. Well, yeah, after what she's seen, she's like, this is nothing. This is a cakewalk. But still, <laughs> you're just like, something's probably in there. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you open the door and they're all hanging there. My first thought's not to just, well, let me yeah, look a little closer. My first thought be open the door and go, ooh, probably not this one. Close the door. <laughs> we're like, we will walk out. Like the doctor when he first walked the 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 young doctor yeah that when he first walks in he almost opens the door and Julia's standing behind him a I would have screamed because <laughs> oh, I, I was like I was kicked her yeah she would have went down the steps but I'm also like she's like you shouldn't go in there and he's like okay 
Well, I kind of think I want to. But I kind of <laughs> want to go in there. <laughs> Tell me and what to keep, do. You don't want to kiss me. Oh, I kind of think I do now. <laughs> he's reaching for the door handle, and then he, like, opens it. Obviously, you can see there's dead bodies. Once again, and he walks close the door. <laughs> That's a nope. <laughs> close the door. That's back someone up. else's problem, not mine. Oh, this is not mine. Uh, well, let's we're, we've, we've kind of been going here a little ways of us just kind of loving and ragging on this movie equally, but I think we need to go ahead and hit a commercial and take a break here. Re- recollect our thoughts for a moment. Okay. And uh, we'll come back to Hellbound with Chuck Norris. <laughs> we'll be back following these messages. Do you like horror movies? Do you like hanging out with your friends? Do you like having a laugh? Do you like podcasts? Well, you should check out our podcast, Spoils of Horror. We're not a review show. We're a horror movie hangout where we talk about movies that are lost, forgotten, popular, and bizarre, all in the scary realm. You can listen to our podcast while you're doing just about anything. You could be washing your dishes. You could be washing your cat. You could be washing your genitals. <laughs> All forms of genitals accepted. (laughs) We are a fully inclusive genitalia show. Yes, we are the number one ideal podcast for washing your genitals. Our genital Yelp reviews are unsurpassed. Five and a half stars. (laughs) You don't want to know where that half came from. uh... (laughs) Now that you know that, check us out on all major platforms. You can search for Spoils of Horror on all social media sites. Come and hang out with us. We'd love to see you. And your genitals. <laughs> Bye. New Line Cinema sadly mourns the passing of a screen legend. After 13 years of sending victims to their graves, Jason is finally going to his own. to hell the final friday rated r now playing at a theater near you ladies and gentlemen welcome to give me back my pro wrestling the podcast that's based on the old school but can still help you find the good stuff from today Dangerous Dan Colley, the Professor Jimmy Street, and the Plastic Sheik Jared are the undisputed six-man tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this trio does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. All right, Nate. Um, we're back. We're back, and I and think now we're in hell. It's time to go. It's time to go to hell. I like the one part. Welcome to so hell. I, I like how when they do go to hell, they open a door through a wall or something, right? Or yeah, or actual well, door. It's like opens. Narnia. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. not. But I like how it's like you were saying earlier, Charlie. Uh, Barker was exploring madness and they're in a mental institute, which kind of says that it's just an extension. You're, you're going from uh, your, your descent into madness 
as you're sitting in this uh, uh, mental institute, you open a door and you just keep going and keep going. And it's just an extension. Hell is just an extension of this facility. Yeah. And part, part of the abuse is exactly that uh, as these, I felt like these patients were being ends. abused to a degree that was uncomfortable. So at, at least, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a living, it's a version of living hell. Right. So as you're walking out of these corridors, you just keep walking deeper and deeper into hell from the mental institute. So I really, I, I thought that was an interesting take on how uh, mental illness was being depicted in this film. Yeah. And like they go into a labyrinth, but this right. one doesn't have the song and dance of one David Bowie. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> no Bowie. I don't know what a David Bowie Cenobite would look like either, but I'm telling you right now, it's fashionable. It would have a great big package. It's groovy. It might, it <laughs> yeah, might talk. But... The, yeah, the package would probably look like that. That's what the doctor was hanging off of. Right, that was right. David Bowie <laughs> with yeah. the doctor. That was David coming Bowie's off of package. the appendage. You're welcome, guys. I just put that image in everyone's mind. I can't unsee that. You and can't. I'm so much better for it. You are. I just picture David Bowie's like hands on his hips, like. Oh yeah, he yeah. never changes his pose. You got it. <laughs> always hands on hips and his head slightly tilted back and Dr. Kennard just going through all of the mazes of the lab. I know the tip is a blender that carves into your head. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get too far into it, and I wanted to touch real quick on what Pete just said. I love Clive Barker's version of hell. This isn't what you would think. No, it's not the classical just fire and it's not a lake of fire. <laughs> yeah, there is no fire. No, period. no, it is a true maze, a true labyrinth, it's an acid trip. It really was. Um, and I, I was actually kind of like, wow, they really kind of went for it for 1988. I think is what you said. Yeah, is the fact that they they even do like the matte painting, um effect of seeing like this there, there's like paintings and stuff obviously from classic painters of like the stairways to nowhere you know the the you could be walking upside down but turn the uh, however you just you get right to where you start yeah it's it's like the um and it, this actually is true that there is a house that someone made and they they feel like he was a, a madman where he had stairs that led to walls there's several movies um, about that yeah, yeah there, there's uh, movies when, that touch on it uh, i mean yeah, there's even like the winchester house where she just like nope that's keep it. building and building and building because yeah, i don't want winchester. any of the ghosts to you know attack me that have been killed yeah. by a winchester and there, there one would day be, i'm going to visit that place there's like a happen. room with no way into it there's stairways all into like an oven yeah like, no it, it, it's weird. but i love <laughs> Clive Barker's interpretation of hell is just this maze, this mental trap that these people are locked in for eternity. Um, why we may be able to become elevated in hell as Cenobites is still a little unsure. Like, how do you become a, a, basically a soldier of hell? And why would Dr. Kennard be like, the above them all is kind of how I took it in this movie was he was there to take over, to rule all 
I don't so know because he gets sacrificed by Julia to Leviathan. Yeah. This is where I get really confused because it's like, all right, he gets turned into Mega Cinnabite. Right. Yeah. And then he kind of like, I don't know, comes sentient and like unleashes like, no, I am now the most powerful. Like his ego takes over. I don't know. This, like, this, I, I get confused here. Well, I, I, I think you're right. And I think we can just go ahead and talk about the fact that uh, we get to a point after Dr. Kennard, because I feel like we need to talk about this section before we dig into this, because this is where I'm a little confused on things. So after the doctor becomes the Cenobite, we get our Cenobites later, you know, in the movie. We can't gloss over how he gets transformed, though, because it's no, disgusting. I'm going to I'm going to come back to that in a second. OK, but I want to touch on this because it doesn't make sense. Was Kirsty and Tiffany meet the Cenobites again, you know, Pinhead and all the ones we know. And that's where they he starts throwing out. There's no more negotiations. There's no <laughs> more you can do. You are ours now. And she gives him the picture of him as a human. So they don't really explain it in the movie, but in reading about it, it was, we have shown you, you are, you were once human. You have not always been a minion of hell for eternity. And it was like this realization of, Oh, I was once human. What does that mean? I'm not actually a minion of hell, but they had totally forgotten about that. Now we flash back to Kennard, who, yes, in very, very grotesque, we see how one is transformed into a Cenobite. He is put into, and I'm sorry, this is probably one of the few special effects, I can't say few, one of the special effects things I wish they just spent a little bit more money on was the box they put him in. Because I swear to oh, God, it looked like cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Looks like something the Joker would have in a Batman movie. It really yeah, did. It wasn't a hell box. <laughs> 1960s Batman. Right. Not, not Jack Nicholson well, Batman. Lothiaton, when he was like, well, I put all my budget into the stairwells that go nowhere. I put all my budget into my Cenobites, into my chains. When it came to, you know, the project planning for the Cenobite box, I kind of ran out of money. <laughs> he fired that contractor. Like I ran that. out of hell currency, <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so we get this awesome, like, piano wire visual going across his face to kind of separate it a little bit. Uh, get, like, the, tentacle injections that go into, like, his spine. and The, the tentacle injections into the spine. The uh just deforming him so that obviously he looks like it then they up it and he be he gets a penis attached to the top of his head which we've now established david as david Bowie. David yep, yep, yep. for sure um and now he floats which i was like okay i'm, I'm digging where you're going it's a fantastic effect for yeah. 88 did you catch that the the saw that was in david Bowie's penis was oh, yeah, that's the, blender. the same thing from the beginning of the film where he was operating on the brain. Yeah. It's I did not that. pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it, that was really cool. And I'm not sure exactly what kind of brain surgery that was. Uh, probably not a good one. I'm not going to Google it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm guessing that was one of his own devised because I can't imagine scrambling. Yeah, someone's that, he was making part of their brain, brain. is what he was making. Yeah. But I, I like that callback as, as David Boyce Johnson is coming down uh, and <laughs> the, the tongue for lack of a better word uh is the 
is that uh, blender. Yeah, is the thing because it's like now it's boring into his brain. Yeah. So oh, he now, screams like, oh my oh, god, it his does. scream is fantastic. But now I want to bring my point full circle is Dr. Kennard knows who he is. He's not like I have always been a minion of hell. He knows he was a doctor. He well, knows maybe in the beginning of being a Cenobite before years and years of torture, you still have some. Yeah, he's still young there. So yeah, he might. Still I mean, have he's some... a little old baby Cenobite. <laughs> he's so cute. He's a with his little piano wire face. He's a cine sweetie. <laughs> and I. I have the key. The answer to this is it's in hell and they can do anything, but how David Bowie's penis can put him anywhere in the building and it can like be coming through a window, but you don't see Dr. Kennard like straighten his legs up or lift his legs over obstacles. Don't worry about that. that. It's hell. I can't help it. I I see (laughs) the thing is coming over top of a door through a transom window (laughs) and there he is. And I'm like, don't worry about that. Did, did he bump Stop his head when he went through? <laughs> he did a stormtrooper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want to see that. And then, why does he kill Pinhead? Why does he kill all the other Cenobites? I didn't we quite understand get to that. that we got to get to that. Okay. How we, happens, we're there? No, we got to get to Frank comes back. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. We do have to talk about this scene creepy ass frank comes back because now he is stuck in like a section of hell where he wants the desirable pleasure while watching bloody body bags bang each other that he's not allowed to touch <laughs> i thought that was after the cenobites died nope I, I don't remember nope it's right after frank comes back no yeah i think you're backwards he's got sir. no flesh weight Nope, because I write my notes in chronological order. <laughs> I don't believe that at <laughs> all. Now, maybe in some movies, I might get a little scatterbrain and I just write everywhere and it's bad. Right, but well, I'll, let, I'll let you go. Okay. It, not that it's that big of a deal, but continue, sir. But like Kirsty gets her confrontation with Frank. I know that happens in the yeah. movie. I was just going in order. And he's all wet and gooey. Because you know, not at if first. You're in hell, you're wet and gooey. <laughs> at first, he's he's Frank. He's back. Yeah, he's Frank, and then uh, that's when Julia rips his heart out. Like she's the one that now gets his heart. Because in the first one, she's gets killed by yeah. Him. So she kind of gets her revenge on him. Just like ah, it's nothing personal. So, okay, Nate took notes. That's where but... I get confused though, because I don't know what Julia's mission is. Is it just to suck? That's well, for one, it's revenge. This is where the movie I feel like A, they had to do something because they messed up because of how early they greenlit this movie, and I think part of the script had to be changed. They make a very, very, very big deal of Kirsty looking for her dad in hell, even to the point where they're in hell and she immediately goes, Uh, no, we're not gonna leave. I gotta go find my dad. Right. That the actor that played her dad didn't come back. He didn't want to be in this movie. So they had to kind of uh, retcon. So I'm wondering if that was even like they were partially filming some of these earlier scenes. And then they were like, oh, crap, we can't get him back. Because they make a 
huge deal about him. That is her sole mission. Mm-hmm. Daddy, I got to go find daddy. Then she finds Frank. And if you remember in the first movie, Frank had taken her dad's face and skin. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what he looked like in at the end of the movie. And so we, we have the final confrontation so that she can face off with him. She burns him, which is how he becomes skinless Frank. And then Julia that's shows right, up. That's right. Mr. Note-taker. Um, then <laughs> Julia shows up good notes. and she repeats all the stuff, Jesus wept and, you know, all these other things to where now she has ripped his heart out. Again, you're in hell. Where's he going to go? Minneapolis? I'm not hell, 100% hell. sure. Uh, Jacksonville. Secret hell. Jacksonville. That's it. Oh, Jacksonville. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so yeah, so he is destroyed and Julia has taken revenge and then Christy gets away with Tiffany because Tiffany was waiting outside of the door out there. Now I still think I I could be wrong that the whole showdown with the Cenobites happened before and this after this. No, because then like right after this is where Julia's skin gets completely ripped off because when they pull to, uh, Oh, that's so, such a good scene. It is yeah. I, I love the hell like out of that gets scene. Not de glove, but de body. De body, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when the doctor finally emerges back into the hospital, which my memory of that scene of when he comes back into the hospital, we get the full reveal of how gross he is with like mm. the eyeball chains the hands a man's face like cutting that guy's hand off that's 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 tentacles coming out of his hands tentacles with knives like i've seen that anime i could have sworn that scene was way longer and we saw a lot more people dying no my memory of it Hmm. unless there was a different version you we see him come in and the one everyone is working on a lamentation box all of the uh patients sitting on the seats Again, this, and this is going to come up in raining blood. Um, they all have chains in them. They're all being tortured. And he focuses in on one to where we get that. And it's excellent, excellent stop motion. I This is still practical effect. And these tentacles come out. And there's eyeballs. Uh, there's there's a finger that comes out at one point. Oh, that, oh uh, yeah, I hated yeah, that yeah, yeah. so much. Like that was the one that grossed me out. <laughs> was it that that knives, was the one. Eyeballs. It was the finger that came out and did the little like come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little come Motion. here, and then a, a flower comes out of the one beside it. And so he, he chops. Yeah, he chops up that patient. We see the arm go flying. Yeah. When. Then the scene cuts because Kirstie and Tiffany take off running. They come back to that room later in the movie. And that's when you see the everyone has been destroyed and chopped up. Yeah. And And then like in my head, I was like, I thought we got to see all that. And I was even tempted to like put in the VHS and like fast forward and possibly Mm -hmm. destroy the tape and the VCR all at once. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's just that. Clive Barker's effectiveness of when you first watch this is you're you're imagining things that you may not have saw but did happen is that's good that horror. doctor just good went to town in that room 
And it's also this very point of we never really know, is this hell? Is this reality? Because I still you know, think it's, it's like a blend because this is when like, yeah. Christy opens up the door and Pinhead's just chilling. Is this the point where he's just chilling? Yeah, that's where he's just chilling. She's like, look, this was you and shows him the picture. And he has like kind of a Whoa! meltdown. Okay, and then Kennard comes in. They fight that's when each they, other. Kennard comes in. For some they reason, they fight. Throw the chains. And because Kennard that's when he realizes the he's chains. a servant of hell. Pinhead does. And then, like, all and, the Cenobites are like, oh, really? We are? And makes the human? Makes no sense. Makes no sense that, A, why he dispatches the Cenobites. Even though they're attacking him, but it was because he's basically saying, I will consume you all. But he, like, dispatches them all. Easily, too. Mm-hmm. Easily. And With then we get... Spears. He attacks each one, and as they die, and I'm putting quotation marks because they're already in hell, they revert back to their human form. Which then goes to Jacksonville. Except for Pinhead, he reverts to his human form before he dies. I'm guessing, though, it's because he saw the photo of himself. That's when he kind of, like, had a memory of what he used to look like. Yeah. So then he he slowly transforms back into having his humanity again. And then and he then just gets looks his throat at, slit. Yeah, he looks at Christy, smiles, and gets his throat slit. Which is but, a really good effect because they don't shy away from it. We have seen a million throat slits, but there's something about like this one that looks unclean. Yeah. Yeah. It's jagged. It opens. It pours down. You know, it's, you know, Pinhead's always white flesh over black. When he opens up now, his whole chest is red. He falls down. It's very, you know, in your face. Can I tell you the most disturbing part of that entire scene? Bring it on. Yes. Chatterer was a kid was a child like maybe yes, a 13 year old boy that's right yes which then what? that like made me I was like what happened to him right oh yeah that is a question in the fandom that has never been answered what because we've all seen like this well we've seen now up to this point that everyone has messed with the box even the doug bradley character of pinhead uh that's how he got we we see the the we we kind of didn't even talk about this. We see Pinhead become Pinhead in this movie, with his face getting sliced the open, them yeah. driving the yeah. nails in, very visceral oh, kind yeah. of imagery. <laughs> Clyde Barker gotta love it, but it's like I like that, but I kind of it's it sounds demented. I kind of want the backstory of why this thirteen fourteen year old child is chatterer. What is his backstory to become a, a minion of hell? You Some know, things about horror is you just don't get an answer, and that's what's I, scary. I guess I could I can make the most insane, vile backstory, and I guess if someone actually tried to answer it, I'd be like, "Aw, that's <laughs> yeah, not what I, I, I thought." Yeah, that's not what was in my head. <laughs> I think it's something as simple as he was just a kid that accidentally found the box. Just and he wouldn't shut up. He, he was one of those kids that just talked all the time, <laughs> and now he's chatterer. He was Corey like, Feldman from the uh, the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was. <laughs> he was. He was mouth. He was mouth. That's scarier. 
right, all right. So other than our own continuity errors that we've had, so now we get to the point of they escape ish, but back into hell. Tiffany ish. well, Tiffany runs back into hell going, I know what to do. I have to go solve the puzzle basically and she's talking now so she actually says that i love her first word though shit, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the other terrifying everything terrifying up to this point is just kind of get and it, look I, huge props to her she plays this movie like no emotion the entire beginning of this thing oh it's Blank, awesome dead stare zero emotion even when christy's talking to her christy hugs her at one point when she like uh tiffany puts her arm on christy to kind of console her because and it looks like oh i think i'm supposed to do this this is what i'm supposed to do if someone's sad kirsty hugs her and she has this like stiff uncomfortableness about her like i don't know what my next what, what am i supposed to do now and I love that actress about that. To me, I think she's probably one of the better. Not that anyone does a bad job. I think she just really elevated a character that I'm supposed to believe is that way. She did it. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy with how she portrayed it, which makes it when she goes shit, even more hilarious at the point <laughs> that I love that part. Pete, you want to. This this ending is kind of wild, man, and it's it, yeah. super fast. It's thick but, and fast, and it's yeah. Well, it's also funny. very gooey and gooey. <laughs> um, and we we're proven right that it's David Bowie. So oh, why don't sure. you <laughs> start us out at the end, the the climax of the movie there? So without getting it, to try to keep a continuity, but not get too confusing or don't get bogged too, down. Yeah, right, right. So. Uh, Tiffany, uh, the doctor comes after Tiffany. Yes. Uh, she finds the shard. It's the box now. It looks like a shard. Mm-hmm. And she figures that she needs to solve this to stop everyone. But, of course, the doctor is coming after Tiffany. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Julia shows up. Which is kind of shocking. Surprise. It was, very, it was yeah. a surprise. It's like, well, where did she, where the hell did Julia come from? In my notes, I was like, ah, Julia's back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, we see like the doctor like knocks out Kirsty mm-hmm. and he has this what we're again, I wish they would have elaborated a little bit more. He has this fascination with Tiffany, this desire for this young girl, because we even get to the point where he's trying to put her in the cardboard box of Cinnabite. Right, right. He wants to he wants to make yeah. her his first Cinnabite, maybe? I think uh, like first subject, first right, you know, right. He's whatever taking care is. of these the Cinnabites that were nonconformant and is starting to make his own breed or uh, uh maybe his that's own it. Maybe minion. yeah. He, he's like this is maybe supposed to be like the new uh, ruler the, the of new hell. Race. Right. Yeah. That's that's a neat way to look yeah, at it. I never yeah. thought about it like that. So he's he's creeping towards Tiffany, uh, backing her into the box that he once was in. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden, like like we said, uh, uh, Julia shows up, yeah. uh, surprising everyone, including the doctor, and she sidles up to the doc and starts smooching him, as we've seen her do. Uh huh. 
before in all, both movies. You know, she seduce. I I use seduces, the term yeah. seduce loosely because it's like, hey, big boy with but a that's penis what on her your superpower head. is. It's like, oh, got a penis on your head. You you to there you go, Pete. <laughs> Is that, uh, is that David Bowie or is that you? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be David Bowie. <laughs> uh, as, as she is distracting the doctor, Tiffany uh, solves the puzzle. And yeah. as the puzzle reverts from a shard back to the box, uh, hell starts to break loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all, all hell breaks uh, loose and the doctor senses it almost yeah he goes what what's that yeah. um and then goes after tiffany again right yeah goes after yep. tiffany she has now formed it back into the cube like you said and she's now faced off with the doctor and he throws one of the knife tentacles at her kind of cuts her a little bit uh, he's got unlimited knife ammo he does right, he's right. like an x-man but he <laughs> then takes both hands and shoots out the tentacles with knives and tiffany dodges them basically she takes like two steps backwards right that's <laughs> all it takes if, like everyone else would have done that <laughs> he threw it with so much force they're now stuck in the ground which he was wanna, going for the, the fatality kill. He though. was going for the Mortal Kombat right. kill yeah. in this movie. And they're so stuck that David Bowie's up there going, what did you Freaking do? Freaking out. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pulls his appendage <laughs> as hard as it can. And we get one of the most gruesome scenes in the movie. Oh, as far as we don't answer. get like a decapitation. Wonderful. Oh, no. We get like a head being split. Not well, even from the middle. No, like, from the jaw. It's his, the jaw. Yeah. I mean, that, his head think about it. at the jaw. <laughs> that's 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 the connection point. Your head, right. like movies that show that it, you would like lose your head. It's really at your jawline is your your weakest point, unless yeah. you're being hung from underneath. Uh-huh. But your jaw is where the pop the top would pop off the off the can. <laughs> that's your cap. Yeah. Right. And it, his body slumps over and then we get and I we we discussed this before we started the movie. It's a dick that has been holding <laughs> this head. And I mean they go, we're not even making it phallic looking. No, no, it's this is a dick holding <laughs> this. This is, of- <laughs> this is anatomically correct. It is yeah, I mean you want there's no doubt in a bowie dick. Mind. Here you go. <laughs> it's a bowie it's dick. veiny everything <laughs> and we just get the top of the doctor's head floating oh, around man. and nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then um it's a new in all head. yeah in all that kerfuffle tiffany falls backwards and grabs onto the ledge yeah so the, she's hanging over the edge and yeah. gonna fall into i don't know the, uh, the void i guess the vortex yeah, whatever it might be and then julia comes grabs Tiffany and starts pulling her up and uncharacteristic. Who the hell? Stop. Yeah, leave like, alone. Why would she do this? Yeah, um, I couldn't say the word. Uncharacter- characteristically. Uncharacteristically, yes. Wow, it's, that was really hard oh, word to get yeah, out this yeah. morning. <laughs> Julia says, trust me. And eventually, as she's pulling her up, you start seeing some of the skin slide. Another de-gloving. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's ripping at the shoulder, it's, too. It's shoulder... Yeah. And you see it separate, and you're like, ooh, ooh, that sucks. <laughs> That's got to be painful. <laughs> uh, right, right. And, and, and yeah, go ahead. Peter. Oh, eventually they pull Tiffany up. 
uh, and they're oh they're safe and then they're hugging each other they're, hugging. they're like embracing and it's still julia tiffany tiffany's like confused obviously we all are looking yeah, at julia all of us are. <laughs> and uh as they stand up there's a piece of julia's face kind of like <laughs> flapped down and she pulls up and pulls Just her face off ripping her face and it's kirsty underneath oh my god the whole she, time which uh, she could have you know announced as she was pulling her up like hey don't worry it's nope, me i would have been more freaked out like <laughs> what is going on it's me christy <laughs> and then pull her face off <laughs> don't trust this i would have let go i'm like <laughs> nope and i'm in the void but it's it's such an awesome effect because she she pulls it off and there's her face and you have this realization now that she went back in there and put Julia's skin yeah, on. That's where she oh. ran off to was to go get the skin. She's like, I remember there's skin somewhere in this labyrinth. <laughs> no zipper either. So I'm like, hey, where's it connected? Uh, well, how did how did this work? And it's because so- it was like the vacuum of hell is what pulled Julia apart from her skin. Oh. So it was just laying there. <laughs> yeah, because they run the past taking. it. They run past it, and there's this in video game style there is the dead body still laying in the spot you run past but it's this deflated julia (laughs) that's looking that's sitting there and you just you're in again clive barker you're a genius i'm gonna put her in her skin and then i'm gonna peel that skin then i'm gonna make people picture that in their brain that she slid into julia's body oh yeah like she had to put it on snowsuit oh god it's clean jacket it can't be it can't be really you know nice down there i'm guessing a lot of humidity in hell very sticky yeah and now we get to the point where you realize budgetary constraints and the giant Leviathan has now transformed itself into a cube and starts shooting ping pongs of death <laughs> yeah, uh, it does, down all the corners. Unless everything starts to explode with lasers. They're little lasers. light balls and lasers, lasers. And they take off running. And in Indiana Jones style, they jump through the door just yeah, as it's do. closing. And hell reverts back to hell, which it's I'm no sorry. Longer on Earth. From what I understand, they're all still in hell. So, you know, no one really died. And now everything's back to normal. Everything-ish. We now get like a, what would nowadays be the post-credit scene, but it happens as the final scene of the movie before the credits. Yeah. Of just showing us the movers going into her old house. to. No, it's a doctor's house. The doctor's house. I think it was the doctor's house. Oh, I misunderstood that. Thing. Yeah. I thought it was well, he house. had the police bring the mattress to his home. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That makes sense. So they're boxing yeah. up everything. And I did. I do love this that like I think Nate nailed it perfectly. What we're used to now in post Marvel mm-hmm. movie yeah. is this should have been like a mid. This would be the reveal that, yeah. oh, we're going to get this is the movie. the movie Stinger is what this is. Yeah, the yes. Stinger. And. So, again, <laughs> Charlie trying to put uh, logic into some of these movies who boxed everything up and was like, ah, the movers will get the bloody chain covered <laughs> mattress out of like, the room. Cause the there's found it. He was like, Oh cool. Look at this. It's like, no, no, you would never. 
A, did someone come clean up all the bodies that were hanging in the uh, rafters, or were they what they boxed up? We oh, are got a, a, uh, a combo <laughs> package. We are a moving slash corner office. <laughs> because the boxes are stacked up around the mattress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's two guys in a truck, you know, because it's just two guys running around there. And, yeah, this guy's like, ooh, it's cool. Reaches down his finger to touch the bloody mattress, and this arm grabs him. And I, I, love, I love the payoff. That's a good effect. Yeah. The payoff of yeah. this is you see this arm grab him and pull. It cuts to the guy downstairs going, I heard something. Hey, you okay oh. up there? Walks upstairs, and all you see is this dude's ass and legs hanging up out of the top of the match. Yeah, like the rest of him. So he's like half of a Cenobite, essentially. Way <laughs> in the mattress. And then this giant pillar of doom comes rises from rises from, from the it. mattress. And it's everyone's face and Pinhead's face and a baby doll that yeah. sewed its mouth shut yeah. and uh, my favorite scene nate didn't bring up his favorite scene which i'm kind of shocked about was the hot tub of death in hell where three oh, people yeah. are just going to town when they first go into hell i think they come back on the pillar because there's two skeletons humping yes each other yes there is <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> clapping clavicles and just going to town. <laughs> and then it just black it's over that's it over <laughs> end of movie clapping clavicles is a catchphrase now. pretty good <laughs> oh man <laughs> was not ready and that, <laughs> I, I have moments of of clarity Sparks i have such i have such sights to show you <laughs> they, they were boning weren't they they ah! were literal boning pete goes for the low-hanging fruit <laughs> like david bowie <laughs> <laughs> wow fellas we got through hellbound oh we got through it as much as I question Nate doing this, I'm now kind of glad because now we have we have put visions in people's heads that even Clive Barker went, wow, I, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. We'll get back in the movie business. I want to write something with these jackholes. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that we, we have uh, gone into and now come out of get hell. Into the uh, the bloody bits here. We got to get into some rain and blood. Yeah, we're not done with blood yet. guys um this one's actually difficult i truly I, I believe it i believe it yeah um so on the surface this is the count is uh 25 people die in this movie we right. see 25 people Pretty die. impressive actually yes uh considering i think hellraiser one is Two, three, three. <laughs> probably. Maybe, maybe. No, no, no. 
No. Uh, oh, she no. Then you got the, the people that Julia kills. The like, victims, but them. I think there's only yeah. like two they show. So there, it's definitely under 10 on the first Hellraiser. So we also, and I know our rule here is kind of weird because we never count the protagonist in our deaths, but we do see five Cenobites die in this movie. I mean, they kill. Really, the only one that we kind of see resurrected is Pinhead. Yeah. And that's not even really. Yeah, it's just part of him. Um, And, you know, Dr. Kennard, I don't think ever comes back in any of the sequels. Um, So, I mean, we watch his head get ripped off. We get different versions of some of the Cenobites because I don't know if I think. I'm trying to remember the third one. And I'm thinking that's the one that has like video camera, Cenobite, yeah, CD there's a guy face, with a Cenobite. CD face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's when it starts to get a little crazy. It gets a little weird. And Chatterbox comes back as a dog in one. Oh, yeah. And then we get a torso of Chatterbox in another. So, but it's never the same version. And I'm trying to remember if Butterball comes back in the third one. And I don't remember. We've always gotten a different girl, though, because there's um, there's one that do- there doesn't look like there's a lot wrong with her. She's just a you know a white cenobite. Then there's the one from Bloodline where her flesh has been peeled from the top of her head and like strings t- attached to her shoulder, pulling it away. Um, and then there's a female version of Pinhead later on too. So. We can asterisk these guys that there's five Cenobites that die in this one, even though they're in hell. But my main question is, because we're never 100% sure what's happening in hell is happening at the mental institute, or is everyone still okay in the mental institute? Like the big death scene from the doctor when he no, I eviscerates. definitely think they're all done for because it never it, they never like walk back through you the never get to go back through the it, hospital yeah. to show. Right. Um, it was always just very convoluted to me, but I guess we'll count what we see on screen, and that's twenty five people, five Cenobites. That's our raining blood for Hellraiser that's fair. Hellbound Hellraiser right. two. Yes, yes, yes. That. I think would have been better with a little bit more Chuck Norris, but <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris versus Penny. we got David um, Boy Pierce. I think that's a fine substitute. I think so. All right. Well, that brings us to our kill of the week. What do you think? Zombie kill of the week. Uh, All right. Who's going first? Pete, go yes. for it. Uh, is it a kill? I don't know. My favorite scene was when. Uh, Julia got sucked out of her own skin. You know what? I'll allow it. That yeah. was a lot of fun. And a little surprising. she does technically die. It, right. She's and gone. You saw her slide, sliding, literally. Her, <laughs> her body was sliding out of her skin and then just yeah. popped right out of there. And everyone went, whoa! Yeah, like no one was expecting that. I didn't make that sound effect. I just want to make that clear. That was all Pete that just made that sound effect. Oh, man. All right, Charlie, you go for it. Dude, I have been thinking about this, and the the easy answer is Dr. Kennard because it's the most, like, 
visual and visceral one of it, but it's I satisfying don't find too. Oh boy. It is very yeah. satisfying. But the one that always, ah, it's so weird. I, well, it's my pick. Screw it. I can pick yeah, whatever Yeah, I you're want. allowed to Your say pick? whatever you want. I want to say the one that has always been in my brain is chatter because it's not just the kill. It's the realization that it's a child. Yeah. The reveal. That is, was more impactful than gore where you're like, holy shit, it's a kid. You know, he doesn't, I mean, it's just a knife tentacle that goes in and, you know, he sh- apparently they, simple. again, uh, weird loop. He can shoot the tentacles at the Cenobites yeah, he can do separately. A spear, or he can do like a tentacle rope that gets stuck with knife. But he, get, he gets stuck to the bridge and can't separate from the bridge. I don't know. I don't understand Cenobite powers. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm going to, I'm, I, I think I'm going to say Chatterer because of the human reveal. The impact. Yeah. The impact of that visual is my kill of the week. Yeah, that's mine. Nate. Oh. Well, I'm going for the cheap and easy one because I love the Dr. Kennard death. Like, oh, it's, it's glorious. I hate that character. Seeing him die, the way that he gets, you know, yeah. split from the mouth up. It's awesome. It's bloody. The dick it's, carry his head around. Well, yeah. Totally. Uh, it's one of those things where you get so much satisfaction from seeing such a horrific person bite it. I completely believe that the power of David Bowie's penis can rip a man's head off. Oh, it definitely could. And probably has happened multiple times. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we love you, David Bowie. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I I think all solid kills. I actually don't think there's even a kill in this movie that isn't satisfactory except for. Well, now take that back because while the kills look cool, it's not cool that the mental patient bit it at the beginning it's not cool that the mental patient that yeah. he tears apart in the in the hospital. They visually look cool, but if we want to add on the whole subtext of we have a moral compass here. Yeah, yeah. And on the horror show, we have a moral compass. Yeah, um, of course. But visually, I think we've picked some of the more solid ones, and oh, you yeah. know. Again, there's no wrong answer when it comes to kill of the week. It's which one tickled your fancy. And this, if David Bowie's dick tickled Nate's <laughs> fancy, that's totally fine. It has you for know, years. If Pete watching <laughs> someone get de-skinned and sucked off into hell, uh, that's totally fine too. Yes, I chose my words correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to get into the machete. <laughs> It's okay. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> Woo! Oh. All right, let's have Pete go first again. Machetes. This is going to be weird. Because um, I, I kind of have two machetes for this one. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, so This is new. As far as a, as a horror movie and something that horror fans should experience and watch, uh, it's it's seven and a half. I mean, it's mm. something you should see as a horror fan. Uh, personally, for me, it's it's a five machete because I won't go back and watch this very often. I it wasn't a lot of fun for me. Uh, it is it's a real horror movie, uh, and I I like them a little on the goofier side. I I enjoy 
a little humor in it and your one-liners and a little like bit of one-liners and, and yeah so this isn't one i'm going to go back to watch a lot so personally for me it's a five machete but as a horror fan you gotta watch this it is required viewing seven and a half solid no nice, i'll, I'll nice. agree with that yeah what about you charlie um i like what pete said about every horror fan should experience at least in my opinion the first four hellraisers you don't really need to go to the other ones. Uh, my, It's weird. My personal favorite one that I'll probably pop in more than the others is number four, Bloodlines. Really? You just want to be in space. I just haven't seen that one. Oh, it is in space. That's the one in space. Yep, that's well, the space it one. starts in space, then goes into the past, then goes into what we know as present time, then it goes back into space. And to me, it's just kind of this, this neat, storytelling way of doing things and honestly it made the most sense let's take let's take it out of on earth and fight them in a place where they can't hurt any you know anyone else and take it into space but we're not talking about that (laughs) but my second favorite one is hellraiser 2 i i watch one and two that's how i have to watch these i want the full story as it goes through and I think this one, this is the more fan servicey of the Hellraisers because they were like, oh, Most certainly they really loved the Cenobites in the first because they're not really a whole lot in the first one. Oh, not at all. They're, no. they're barely in it. They're barely in it. And to make that kind of impact where they're like, oh, we need to dive more into that mythos and build up this you know, storyline around these characters, which they still could have done even more in my opinion, but they did good. Um, I, I'm going to give Hellbound Hellraiser 2 an overall eight. Uh, eight machetes. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, I I own all of them except for, I think, the... The, the ones re- about Doug Bradley? Yeah, the recast of Doug Bradley has the new new one come out yet with female? No, that's going to come to Hulu. Is that going to Hulu uh, I think now? this fall. Yeah. Okay. But Is that I don't a know film if it's a movie or, a or if it's a TV show. Uh, that's the thing. Not sure. Have they okay. not? I thought it was going to be a movie. That would be. I, I try to not look too much into it because I am pretty hyped for it with okay. Clive Barker being back. Oh, in nice. The saddle. That's yeah. what has me wanting to okay, come I'm back. Okay, I'm interested now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nate, machete it. Um. I'm right there with Pete and with a 7.5. It, it, it lingers close to an A. I think this is a fantastic horror movie to watch. I think it's a really good one. Um, it's it's not an easy watch, that's for sure. And like Pete said, I don't think I'm going to go back to it anytime soon. Mm. But if it gets mentioned of like, hey, if we end up doing another Hell Hellraiser, like right now, this has me really itching to watch three again. So I could see yeah. like if we did four, me going back and like, oh, I'll watch two again. Like, this is my preferred one of of the Hellraiser films. Like this to me is peak Hellraiser. That and that's me. When I get the itch to watch one, I end up watching the other three. Um, I bought the collection, and I think it's seven movies, uh, all the DVDs of it, and I forced myself to go past four. <laughs> I was like, screw it, I want to go through, and I went. There's good and there's bad. The good part is they took actual horror scripts that were written not as Hellraiser movies. Right. So the stories yeah, are fantastic. They just had to keep the rights. 
but so to they keep, threw in Pinhead. Yeah, to keep the rights, they had so to make stupid. it Hellraiser. And this is while we talk about the first one being that we don't really see the Cenobites till towards the end. That's kind of how they do the next few movies. Was tack them on. We have to squeeze them into this person's story, but we don't have time to rewrite the entire script. So put him here, put him here. He's at the end. Put him yeah. here, put him here. He's he's kind of like the the comeuppance character at the end because of everything you have done. I have now appeared and it hurts the other movies take out the Cenobites. They're probably excellent horror movies. Had they have been given their fair shake. Oh, probably. Yeah. Like, I imagine there's probably some articles written on which ones are the ones worth your time as well. Yeah. They're... I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever go back and rewatch them. Like I have a hard enough time trying to keep up with modern stuff. You know? I, I won't watch the other three I have. I, I, no. I want to see the one without Doug Bradley. Cause I haven't watched it yet. Even though I've, I've heard it's not good. Of, and it was written to be a Hellraiser movie. It wasn't Still good. Still not good. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do uh, yeah. have some questions, too, I guess. And, and it's not really part of my rating. But how this came out in 88. We just did Friday the 13th Part 7. Yeah. Almost all the blood, all the good stuff is cut out from that movie. Yeah. How the hell did the MPAA then decide, oh, no, that's too much, but this was okay? I stand by they had a problem with either the production company or the the character i think that's it franchise they wanted to just try to like in jason itself where this was only the second movie and it being out of the uk maybe but like it just blows my mind like man these both came out the same time and like one is very very light and it's cut to death this one this one is all blood yeah and and then the other thing too maybe i'm wrong but do you think these movies were taboo just because of their title alone? Hellraiser. Like the fact that it had hell in yeah. it. We're talking the late eighties, uh oh, you're, the you're, panic that's happening. Yeah, the satanic the panic is huge right now. This was Yeah, every... so you have something called Hellbound Hellraiser. Now let's put that word in it twice. Like But it was that also alone. A, that was a big middle finger to them. You know, that was we're literally gonna call our movie about hell, you know. There is no doubt when you will pop one of these DVDs or VHSs in what you're going to get. You're going to get a hellish story or something that revolves around hell. It's that thing where it's like these movies feel evil. Even Mm. down to the killer soundtrack. That score is so awesome. Very good. The image, sometimes erase the gore in it. Just the imagery of some of the stuff is still scary and hellish and you know, nightmare fuel basically is is what it's come down to. But, but this Nate, leads us into we got our uh, next segment, don't we? <sighs> yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Trashed opinions. <laughs> Trash, <kid. laughs> this one comes from uh, Where Denot, who gave this a one out of ten, who said, "Don't bother with this absolute dross." Hellraiser was rather good, if a little cheap and nasty, but the air of Britishness about it made it rather lovable. This, however, is quite different level. The script is almost non-existent, and what there is is truly awful. There is little or no plot, and any kind of narrative is so poorly executed, trying to understand the story is a fruitless exercise. (laughs) (laughs) The directing is truly 
pedestrian. The acting, woeful. Its only redeeming feature is the special effects. Maybe I'm expecting too much from this pathetic pile of tosh, but I have the feeling it was made for spotty, geeky, teenage boys with no life whatsoever (laughs) and no chance of ever getting a proper girlfriend. (laughs) In those pre-internet days, this was probably as good as it got for those rather sad little boys. No doubt they can find what they want on one of the many websites eager to give them a helping hand when it comes to a little bit of self-abuse these days. Like I said, don't bother with this rather pathetic 80s dross. Yeah, we're teenage boys! Yes! (laughs) Wow. When was that article written? That was written in April 9th, 2007. Incredible. I have never... Never heard someone like the smell of his own farts as much as I have <laughs> listening to you read that guy's review. I was waiting for him to throw out words like pedantic yeah. and stuff like that. He's just going through the word of the day calendar, but yeah, he's yeah. tearing through. <laughs> what makes me sound smart and elevated over everyone? But don't worry. I got one more for us. All right. Oh. This comes from Moss. One star terrible movie my husband and i were talking about classic horror films from our youth and we got to talking about the hellraiser series there was one movie in the series that truly stood out and we rented this one thinking it was the one it wasn't this movie is terrible in all regards (laughs) that's it it. that's it okay so i like to think that that person went and like all right wasn't that one well maybe it's part five they just keep like (laughs) That's, I, I need resolution to, to this entire review. <laughs> I need to know what was the one they were looking for. Yeah, what one did they like? We'll never know. <laughs> and why Why would you start at two? Because obviously they went, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not number one. I think I would remember that. Maybe it's not, because I, I think we've said it before, was when you think of Cenobites, this is the group of Cenobites you think of when you talk about Hellraiser. You know, these are the four I remember the most. Yes, three of them are in the first one, but I know Chatterer is still one of my favorites uh, until we get to the Siamese twin one, I think, in number four. Um, Ooh, I don't remember that one. You know, uh, twin security guards are uh, faced off with Pinhead, and he goes, I can, show, I can show you pain and pleasure. He goes, but that's not what you're afraid of. You are afraid of separation, and I will make sure that you will never feel that fear again. Oh, wow. And this drill nice. bit comes through and grabs both of the sides of their faces, like the left and right side, and twists their faces together. So they're two bodies, oh. but their faces are attached, and there's this big swirl of flesh connecting them oh, that's pretty sweet that's awesome that, All right, that transformation and everything double check that it's four not three but i because i think there's so many in three which was vhs guy or mm-hmm. video camera guy cd guy um uh, there's two others and a girl mp3 guy <laughs> mp3 guy uh tripod <laughs> thumb drive uh, guy um <laughs> Oh, piston head. That's the other one that's in three. Oh, headphone that's... guy. <laughs> right. And no, piston head's a real one. Um, 
Oh. <laughs> uh, four, I engine think, block. is... <laughs> engine block. Just call me Diesel. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's real ripped. <laughs> Cinnabots are family. Uh... <laughs> It's okay, Pinhead. You've got family. That's right. <laughs> Fast and Furious 11. Hellraiser. <laughs> Time to raise some oh, Hellraiser. Don't open that box. I opened this box for family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is great. Oh, okay. Well, I think we have, have we got That's it. I'm out. I'm done with it. I got nothing else. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're you're done, Nate. You're done. Oh, guys, thanks for uh, checking us out once again. It's a, another episode right off the rails. I don't know why we can't. No, just... Gandalf, don't open that box. <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> Nate's now putting it all in other franchises, which is great. Optimus Prime, help us! Pinhead has us. <laughs> I'm just looking around my room right now. Just looking at random <laughs> stuff. Oh, but yeah, uh, you know where to find. We've us. lost Nate. He's uh, yeah, he's Nate's gone. gone. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, Nate. This Whoa, is it's Nicholas Cage with Pinhead. Whoa, <laughs> the chains. Ah, that's good. <laughs> that's real good. <laughs> yeah, Charlie had two for this episode. Well, guys, if you want to keep this conversation of Hellraiser franchises going, <laughs> you can always go check us out on all the social media platforms. Give me back my horror movies and give me back my action movies are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Blip Bloop, Blurbaderb, <laughs> whatever else comes out. Dude, we're on it. I think it. Nate has Grinder and a couple of other yep. ones. Give me back uh, my horror Grinder. Give me back my horror our, grinder. Our OnlyFans page is coming soon. Our OnlyFans. Uh, we'll have some David Bowie reenactment <laughs> scenes from Hellraiser 2. It'll be totally fine. Um, <laughs> it's behind a paywall. We can do whatever. That's right. We can do whatever we want. Uh, so, yeah. Check us out on all the social medias. Uh, listen to all our other shows on the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. We have Pete from Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, who is now becoming more and more frequent on our show. So uh, we're, we're now Yay. for better like, for worse. Here I am. We're one step closer <laughs> to finally getting Kathleen on the show. I, I, I feel like we need to get Kathleen. over. That would be a lot of fun. Let, let's talk I, about that later. Yeah. We'll yeah. It's like, we got, we got to talk about that. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Uh, to, uh, monster movie stomp down. Give me back my pro wrestling. I know you hear me with Flynn Hendricks and Tales from the Haunt with Flynn Hendricks and just Jeff. Um, guys, it, it, again, if you didn't know, we were recording this early Saturday morning again. So we've we've all uh, been umped, upped on coffee and energy drinks and stuff like that. So it's a little I'm just getting started, baby. Nate's <laughs> just getting started. Um, let's see. When does this one drop? I need I Not a clue. Look at my... Oh, <laughs> Well, I think with this one, because of where it drops, we can kind of give another teaser to what's happening next week. Ooh. Next week is the beginning of a journey that Nate and I have decided to take uh, that starts in June. Nate, 
Do we want to tell them where we're going? Oh, hell yes, we do. We're <laughs> taking a little trip, a little road trip. We're going to space, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This podcast is now in space. Oh, God. Yep. We are going to dive into some action and <laughs> horror movie franchises. You mean that- launch into, not dive into. Launch yeah, into. Let me redo. Yeah, that. we're gonna like launch that. into. We're going yeah. into space. We gotta launch. Okay, let me redo that. Nate, settle down. <laughs> no, you don't we get to. Even had coffee yet? It's all right there. <laughs> so yes, next month we launch into space. I should In get three th- D. I don't know if we're doing three D. Three D is a whole nother thing. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to go in space, why not make it in three D? How many three D space movies are there, Nate? None yet that I know of. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. 3D is a whole nother You only month. get one gimmick. You're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, we can't combine gimmicks. We don't We don't have enough brain power for that. Nope, we are going to follow some fran- franchises and some movies that deal directly in space. They may start on Earth, but the majority of the movie... No matter what, you're getting in space. Is in space. So um, look forward to that. Uh, that'll be next week, starting with the action show. The action one will have a movie that is in space, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, guys, you have anything else you want to end this show off with? All good, baby. I got nothing. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Always Pete. a pleasure, Always Pete. a good time, yep. I think you have the schedule. We'll figure out what your next one is yeah. and uh, try to get as many as we can. I will see you guys soon. Yes. Oh, yeah. In person. You're going to be in town. Live and in person. Uh, We'll be live and in person, so we'll see if we can maybe get something for the socials going at least for all that. So be cool, show that we're real. <laughs> we are, we are real, not figments of hell. <laughs> that we get along. <laughs> all right, guys, let's end this off. Nate, give us the good word. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. Now, let's talk about how I get back home.